Tron, and in this episode, I talk with Cam DeWald, our lead bass player. If you like talking about riffs, if you like going off tangents, and if you like going to some places that you might not have gone before in a podcast, this episode is for you. Do me a favor and check us out on any social media site that you can think of. Go to gorgatronband.com. Check us out on there. We just dropped uh, Usurpation, Insurmountable, and Imposter Syndrome singles all in the past couple months. You can check all that shit out online. Uh, And Pathogenic Automation, our new record, is coming out August 28th. There's pre-orders available on gorgatronband.com, and you can snag one up quick as fuck. So, yeah. Check it out, and here's my conversation with Cam, the Midwestern handyman. But yeah, uh, things I was trying to figure out, Carl, Yes, is uh, the name for the podcast, because right now it's Gorgatron Podcast. Can't have that. We've batted ideas around love of the rip podcast, but MB here did the the Jim Florentine kind of thing to it, so that's not going to work. Yeah, hey, death yeah. to false metal podcast. That that's too gatekeepy. Yeah, uh, Riffcast. I I kind of I kind of like that, but is riff all encompassing? I think so. Well, I think for the people the we death metal lifestyle podcast, I think so because <laughs> because then we could have guests from other bands, and then we could have segments like I've always wanted to do on a podcast. We can be like, okay, well, we're gonna talk, we're gonna have a section where we talk about riffs. So we get dudes from other bands, be like, yo, what's your favorite what's riff off of Bloodthirst? And they'll be like, oh, dude, this riff, and then they'll mouth it, and it'll be great <laughs> because people listening to the podcast will be true like, blue riff cast. Yeah, not. So it's taken. No, it's called True Blue Riffcast. What's that one? There is a podcast on Spotify Felipe Benadello. Oh, so it's not okay. Riffcast. Click on that. I want to click on the. Yeah, let's see if uh, we're gonna give a shout out right now to Riffcast. If your show's not gooder than ours, then we're gonna take (laughs) your name. (laughs) That looks pretty cool. It's a GX15. Practice uh, amp with. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we can't take. Damn it! We've got right yeah, we right, only so have we, like so six. So we can't. Episodes. We can't be riff cast. Well, can we do? Uh, shred cast. Shred cast. But then people are gonna be like, "You guys aren't playing enough." Okay, Michael what about Angelo what about what about ri- what about? Cast? Okay, what if we fucking? Nah, that just sounds like porn. Blast cast. <laughs> okay, what about what about like? Rip cast? No, that's or sick cast. That's stupid. Dude, could you imagine like cast. Eric Rutan giving a sound bit like, "Hey guys, you listening to sick cast? <laughs> this is Eric Rutan." You're like it's not gonna. <laughs> what when, if, I, when I think of things of what the name is, I think of dudes like Eric Rutan <laughs> or saying, like, "Yeah, Mike yeah, Connor, plugging it, yeah." Like, yeah. Which is funny because, like, what if Rutan was like, yeah, I'm going to do this podcast, and then he listened to this episode and be like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. 
<laughs> I'm a little one. Uh, hey, Mr. Rutan, you ready to come on the show? Yeah, yeah I'm just a little one of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> which is a funny story, oh which my we God. will tell later on. What are, you, uh, what are you doing there, buddy? What are you doing there? Just, uh, just put it out or something. What? Wait, on my sticker? Uh, what? what? Right here. Put it out on the side or some shit. That's I mean, it's hilarious. fine, but... Uh, I mean, it's okay, but... On my we, sticker? This is my we, origin sticker. Weed and death metal no. podcast? I don't know. Uh, Let's not have the weed thing, obviously, just because people are... Stupid. Drugs and weed. Drug, drugs drugs and Drugs and death metal. Metal drugs. Well... Death metal lifeline. I don't... Okay, I know that this is dumb, but I don't... The death metal thing might not work because I don't want to pigeonhole ourselves in it. Because, I mean, we're going to have thrash That's metal. That's why I was like, metal. Then it, but then what if we have like a, a you know, not a metal band? I mean, okay. So if we're not into the whole brevity thing, we could have just like the have the the metal riff podcast. Okay, or like talk riffs. Okay, so the reason reason the why talk I like this podcast is brought to you by NPR. Yes, the way that Kirk Woodstock <laughs> played Planets Collide riff. Uh, <laughs> the reason why I like the riff is because like isn't that. A word for when you're like talking to people. Like yeah, that works. So I like I think we should have riff in there somewhere, like riffing around. Riff around podcast. Riff around podcast, or like a thick. Welcome to R I F F the riff, where we play everything sixties, seventies, eighties, and modern. We could By think modern, of a, 90s. We could think of a, a like an an acronym for riff, like really intense. Fucking finger fucking <laughs> really intense finger fucking. <laughs> and then fucking. just have like a dude yeah, playing like a guitar shredding. with pussy holes or a buttholes yeah, on it. Yeah, that's not gonna work. Well, no. whatever. I'd uh, play a guitar with fing- pussy buttholes <laughs> on it. Finger <laughs> the fuck out of that dude. Uh, con- uh, what about sur- uh, what about audio audio combat cast? I like that. Audio, auditorial, audio combat combat cast. cast. Yeah, and then we can. There's no like racist or stupid group that goes by ACC that we know of, right? I don't want to be affiliated with (laughs) some some dumbass types in ACC, and then they get a bunch of like I don't know West Bureau Baptist Church. What if what if ACC like we we uh, start the wait? I already forgot it. What was it? Audio, audio combat cast. Audio so what if what if we're like, hey, we're ACC audio combat cast, and then we get a call like, we're the association of people against colored cameras, <laughs> and oh no, and they're gonna be, and you're gonna be like, what? That's so specific. Why would there I'll be? I'll tell you one thing. Why man. is there the whole association I against have people like myself? of heritage that hate colored cameras, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, <laughs> is that a real thing? You God. shouldn't say things like yeah, that because I'm can't. dumb, and I think that's a real. That, that sounded real. That sounded. It's that so stupid. It sounded real. <laughs> yeah, five, where yeah, the five or six at least. Where the point zero 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 seven percent? West Virginia. All right, so I, I'm going to say audio combat. So this is where you, the listener, and Ty Morehouse. <laughs> this is coming this for you, Tyler Morehouse. Audio combat cast, or would that just be AC audio combat podcast? Uh, <laughs> you know what? I don't know. Or we could do AK combat with the K. Uh. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm not joking about this. 
Mortal Kombat might have that copyrighted. Like they I'm probably I'm pretty do. sure they have yeah. that copyrighted. If not, Gene Simmons does. Actually, what am I talking about? Of course they have a copyright. Yeah. It says when you start up the game, it says Mortal Kombat, the Dragon logo, and the K, I'm pretty sure, are copyrighted. So, I mean, whatever. Okay, Audio well, anyways. Audi- so we could do ACP. Yep. Is that a gun? That's a type of round. ACP. 45 ACP. Well, okay. uh, not just 45, but yes. Hey, Hey, can you pull up? Can you look if there's any audio combat podcasts online? Man, look that up. it's cool having a third person here to look to stuff look up. Stuff we're up. like a real pod. You real remember when we started this and it's was we were at Yana's <laughs> it was, place? It was just two guys and a mic. Now it's two <laughs> guys and a mic. And a guy with Google. Yeah, all right. That's yeah, what right, a bunch right. of people do. Right, right, yeah. That's obviously. a real thing. Um, audio combat podcast. Yeah, that, that better not be a fucking... Let's go C. C first. Because if we do it with a K, we're going to have to spell it different. Yeah, and... It better not, I swear to God. Do you dude. know how to spell combat <laughs> and podcast? <laughs> that, rem- that reminds me of like when we're... God, see what I'm saying? That reminds me of like when... All right, dude. So, Audio Combat Podcast, or I'm going to still throw it out there, even though it's elitist, Death's a False Metal Podcast. Okay. No, all right. It's, it will put we in need, Let's do five. Okay. And then everyone listening, we need you to comment below where you're listening to this on the website. And don't worry. Soon it will be on Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere else. But for now, I'm just, you know. Anyway. Or let us know on social media. Yeah. So we got Audio Combat Podcast, Death to False Metal Podcast, Love of the Love of the Riff. Podcast. The Love of the Wait, Riff. how would how would the intro be? You're listening to the Love of the Riff. Yeah, something like that podcast. Or would it be like super like Love of the Riff podcast? No, I think that would be the Metal Lifeline one. You're listen You're listening to do the Metal Lifeline. <laughs> you're listening to... Wait, like the NPR style? Yeah, so you're listening to the Metal Lifeline podcast. And today we have... So yeah, I, that's only like four. What's one more that we can think of? <laughs> Gorgatron podcast, how about that? So there's Audio Combat podcast... Love of the Riff podcast, Death to False Metal podcast, Metal Lifeline. I hate that, actually. I fucking hate that name. That sucks. Or the Gorgatron podcast. Let us know which one sounds cooler, and we're going to switch the name because, yeah, that works. All right. Now, actually, on to what the plan for this podcast was is Carl... And I were talking, was that yesterday or two days ago, about doing a podcast? Yeah. And, and I'm you, gonna, s- you I'm said you were going to interview me. Yes, because you've been doing a lot of hosting and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to interview Cam today. Uh, I should address something immediately before we start. So, for those of you listening at home, you cannot see. But I I want you to know that if I avoid eye contact, it's not because I don't want to make eye contact. <laughs> it's just... I, are you talking to me? Yes, I am talking oh. to you. Because okay. I just feel weird. Like I just feel weird talking to you in this setting. Because it's like, man, I really. Because 
I don't know how to say this, but I have like a weird, a weird fear that I'm gonna make eye contact with someone, and it's gonna be like cool and like whatever. You're supposed to do that in life, right? But I just have this weird fear my whole life that one of these days I'm gonna be making eye contact with someone and it's gonna be like, you know, I never noticed how beautiful your gaze <laughs> was, and the next thing you know, Cam and I are making out, and Ew. there's nothing wrong with that. No. But but we gotta I, ride in a van together. I just lot, don't want. So, I just yeah. don't want that to happen, and I. You never want to fiddle with someone in your band. So for those, so if anyone is, yeah, so if anyone has ever listened, or if anyone has ever Unless met you got me, a fiddle player in the band. If anyone's ever met me and is like, why does that guy not make eye contact? That is why, because my whole life I've had this irrational fear of falling in love with someone that I shouldn't have through eye contact. And this is, is this a, a real fear. No, this, this isn't. Is a this, I I, I wouldn't feel special. I do this with everybody, but like this is. Like, we should probably make a bit about this, but this is a true thing. Like, if people are like, hey, you had a great set, I'm like, I want to make eye contact with you, but I, this could be the time <laughs> when I, I'm like, oh, shit. Who, I know we just met, but this, yeah. this sounds crazy, but wow. I don't know why. But well, so if I don't make eye contact, it's not. Those of you listening, now you have to try extra hard to make eye contact oh, with Carl. If there's anyone listening that tries this, I'm like, I'm not even joking. This is a real fear. Also, if you're in a band that plays like either before or after us, but you know we're there, you should do your best to like light up a smoke while you're walking towards us. <laughs> and then as like you blow your first puff of smoke, I'll go, so what'd you think? What'd you think, man? <laughs> And expect us to give you an honest answer. Yes. Even though most of the time at that point, well, the one time that happened, I was really drunk. And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, you know that one part where you guys were like. And then and you make up the, yeah, and <laughs> the it, fake Okay, riff. so I'm almost positive that I just like moved my hands. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah that yeah, part, dude. Yeah, we spent like a oh, lot yeah, of time dude. on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember when I wrote that. <laughs> oh yeah, the one that's like dun 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah that dude, one. Dude, that's sick, I just made dude. that up. That fucking rips, dude. Sometimes, okay, so sometimes I'll make that up, but other times I'll be serious, and dudes in the band will be like, "Oh man, you were paying attention." Hell yeah, dude. Fuck yeah, yeah. and we'll talk about riffs. We're assholes. That's so cool. Real However. quick, before we get into the questionnaires, okay. Uh, before we started this, you were walking downstairs. I I don't remember what you were doing, but. Uh, you said a quote from someone that said something to us after a show, and then MB here was like, "Wait, oh, someone yeah, yeah. actually said that?" I'm like, "Yeah," and it was within like the last year or two. Yeah, that quote was. Oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the merch booth like usual after show, and this dude straight up walks up to me, he's like, "Dude, you guys, you guys sound like an actual band, man." <laughs> And I'm like, oh, thanks, dude. He's like, no, like, for real. You guys sound like a real band, dude. Ugh. Like, it's like, you guys are good. And I'm like, no. oh, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. But he kept saying it in different ways, but we're still kind of the was same way. Was he being way. a so, dickhead? Like, no, I think he was sincere. I, I mean, you can never tell was with some people. or something? Literally, dude, you guys sound like an actual band, dude. Like, no, like, for, like, a real band. I'm like, wow, thank you. The man. only That's other interaction that we've had... Dude. There's one that you and I had in Boise, Idaho, that makes me squint harder than that. Is <laughs> <laughs> that guy yeah. at that Whole Foods or whatever? Yeah. Like Carl and I go because we were playing the uh, the Shredder. Yeah. And the dude's like, Jason was like, "Yeah, dude, we'll grill and stuff." And we're like, "Ah, well, there are there are Ralphs around." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, right down the street." So we go to Ralphs or whatever, and they didn't have what we needed, so we went to the Whole Foods, and we're like metal dudes on tour wearing metal oh, shit, right, right. and this. We go to the one checkout, and there's, like, this long-haired dude, you know, with the goats, the typical metal-looking oh, yeah. dude. 
and we're checking out, and he's like, you guys, like, listen to Mad Order in, like, a band? We're like, yeah, playing the Shredder. He's like, oh, yeah, I go there for shows. I, I'm more into, like, refined metal. Oh, okay. So, wait, Ugh. wait, you missed a part. The reason why he said that is because he was like, who are you playing with? I'm uh, like, uh, I, think the lo- I think the local band is Torn Anus and <laughs> another band. And I, I understand that. Of course it is. That that's a pretty, that's a pretty, like, whatever, that's pretty extreme. But... <laughs> That was that was what prompted the oh I'm into refined metal and he 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 named a couple Ugh. bands and we don't need to say this. My question people. is much like the guy who asked you like, like you, or saying that we sound like a real band is like was that guy who said someone who says a line like I'm in ref- refined metal is that a complete dolt that would say something like that or was he being a dick? See that's I don't know man I think you he was sound being like a, a real dick. band like uh I don't know man I don't. Well, we we got in a van and drove fourteen hours to here to play noise at you. Yeah, <laughs> we also Cam and I also almost got arrested because we oh, were walking on this oh, parking ramp. Oh, that parking ramp! Yeah. And those running. And we're just we're just like whatever. And this rent a cop was like, "Hey, was what are you guys doing here?" Yeah. And we're like, "Oh, we're just walking. We're <laughs> not from around here." He's like, "Oh, well, you guys need to leave." And he was like, pretty serious yeah. about it. Oh yeah, he was packing. Yeah. I remember because I remember I saw him like okay we're gonna get out of here. That was uh, the tour of every other show. The promoters like I am so sorry. Like next time we oh, have yeah. you guys, we're gonna have you headline or like there was just something like every time the promoter was like, oh we we didn't expect you guys to play how you played. Yeah, <laughs> I mean whatever. But, uh, you know. yeah. yeah, you wanna. I know. Now. You want to know the best part of that story is that we were on the top of the parking ramp, and we're like, hey, check it out. You can see the van. And from where we were, like, six <laughs> stories up, right? So we look at the van, and Paul's, like, passed out in a driver's seat. And, and Matt and Matt is on the other side brushing his teeth outside with a <laughs> bottle of water. And it was, like, the coolest sight. I was like, like, all right, that's pretty like awesome. Like 11 or noon, and yeah. it was hot as fuck. Oh, it was awesome. It was, like, it was like you know, 90 to 100 degrees outside. I remember like, all right. my goal for that day was to go to – because that week uh, – CKY re-released Volume One on vinyl, but only to fucking Urban Outfitters. Yeah, because <laughs> of course we, that yeah, this okay. new version of CKY would only that. distribute shit yeah, to fucking Urban Outfitters. We, yeah, because we found an Urban Outfitters and they had no idea <laughs> what you were talking about. I'm like I go over to the, they have a fucking record section, I, and I'm like, yeah, you guys got like Volume One by CKY and. They don't know. No. Like it's a record, and they're like, ah. right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that was a fun that was a fun time. day. So, also since we haven't, re- I did it on the last podcast, but this is a fucking sudden stop segue into the questionnaire. Right. Uh, I'm gonna play throughout this episode our three singles that we've released. Okay. So right here, let's give a quick little tidbit on imposter syndrome. <laughs> Uh, we kind of, I don't know if we've talked about it. Maybe we have. You know what would be funny? We've done interviews. And you know what would be funny if you, dr- like, right when you said imposter syndrome, you drop, like, a, th- a four-second clip of oh. it and then go back to the conversation be like, all right, now here's the single. <laughs> I will do that. <laughs> Just like All right. I did that on the last one. and Dude, when I... Because <laughs> I forgot that we said oh, that. I love, I love. And I had to do playback just to make sure it levels. Are f- and then you said that. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I just put like the nice. snare fill. <laughs> so yeah, uh, imposter syndrome. Uh, 
That song fucking rips. Oh, yeah, I think it does, too. It it fucking hurts to play some nights. Yeah, uh, it does. I didn't write me. the lyrics. You did. I did. It's, uh... So, imposter syndrome, and, like, the a- actual definition of imposter syndrome is that some people in the business field, and I might have my wires crossed, but some people in the business field uh, sometimes don't, I would say flourish or they don't show like their superiors some ideas in a deep fear that they're going to get called out that they ripped someone off. It's a weird concept that I looked up online one day and it's like it's an actual thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's a di- Is it necessarily it, is it kind of for all things or mainly like business? I think that's the example they use. Okay. All right. So, I think it is for all things. But so like self-doubty type. Yeah, kind of. Or, but in particular, like if you were like, if you were like, "Hey, dudes, I got this new song. Let's check it out." If there was a fear that you'd be like, "Whoa, I mean, what if, what if they're like, this sounds like Morbid Angel? I, I'm not gonna show it to them." <laughs> like that's that's essentially, uh, to my understanding, what it means. And for if anyone has any corrections, feel free to tell me. I I just looked it up one day. That line, uh, "What will you do when your face is ripped off?" Is mm-hmm. that is that like if you get shut down? Yeah, kind of okay. like like if if you get if someone's like, hey, wait a minute, you're just you're just a phony. You're and, a phony. Like, and rip see, your phone the, you just off. give it you just give it a violent metaphor, yeah, much and, like you did to Halil. Yes, and then and then you have death metal song lyrics. Awesome. So pretty much that that whole uh, that whole tune is about fake people that have loads of people that follow them and listen to every word and be like, you know, what's going to happen when somebody calls you out? That's that's pretty much what that song is about. Like, what's going to happen when some dude is like, hey, actually, you're you're kind of you full fucking of suck. Yeah, you're kind of full of shit on this, man. Uh, well, there Line needs to be more people calling people out in this day and age. I come, from, I, I come from a time, I'm, what, 28? But I've always hung out with older people. But, like, that whole, like, a group of friends giving each other shit or calling someone out thing i've learned has like people don't do that anymore and uh it makes you a better person so here's imposter syndrome Is there no way to your 
And we're back. And <laughs> sick. <laughs> All right, so. All right, so that was imposter syndrome. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, um, yeah. anyway. It's going to get edited in, dude. So here's uh, the questions. Carl is oh, going yeah. to. In- so Wait, I'm going to let you. You can. Okay, inter- yeah. So, t- so today I'm going to interview I'm Cam. Beer. Cause he. Okay, yeah. Cam, go get a beer. So. Today I'm going to interview Cam because he does a lot of uh, interviewing and hosting. I mean, you can pick that up if you'd like. Or okay, you don't want to. It's okay. Oh, I see. I didn't want to cough into the mic. It's okay. Hey, everyone. This is MB. Hello, He MB. plays in uh, another band with Matt called End It All. Yes. You should check him out. Pretty nifty. He's also Mitch's brother. He's also Mitch's brother. Mitch is the yeah. drummer from Demifriant. Good, oh, yeah. good friends of ours, all of them. MB, you gotta live in Paul because Mitch, Carl, Matt, and I all lived in Paul. I lived in Paul's place, like his old place. His old place? Oh wait, no, that was your old place. No, I mean I've been to his place plenty of times. Yeah. I've got the experience. Oh yeah. Well, man, I, all right. I moved in, but I just stored <laughs> my stuff there. It was sick. All right. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna interview Cam because he's interviewed a lot of people, and I I felt as though he should have a spotlight for once. Ugh. I've had one person who's noticed, <laughs> and it has it, much like when my girlfriend pointed out that I was wearing three different shades of black. Someone's like, "Hey man, you're like not in a lot of videos and stuff." I'm like, "Oh, it's because I'm like usually filming," and then now I'm like, now I have this weird like, yeah. ugh, made me think about it. But it's okay. Anyway. But today is the Cam episode, so Ugh. if you do not know, Cam plays bass guitar Long in guitar. our in our band, and he he rips. He's a pick player, uh, much to my dismay. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just fucking with you. But I, I, I remember years ago, Alex Webster's like some of my favorite bass players play with a pick, and I'm like, Fuck yeah, you. I don't I don't fucking hate any for that. I'm just fucking with you. Anyways, so. Uh, with every interview with dudes and bands, I try to stray from like the normal questions, uh, but we'll see what happens. So, you play bass, but as I understand it, that wasn't your first instrument. Uh, well, <laughs> oddly, when I was a little kid, I got uh, guitar lessons. I had like a Squire <laughs> Strat, but yeah. it was like glitter. <laughs> it was red glitter, right. and I just assumed i could play like the power rangers thing and then they're like this is a g chord i'm like this fucking sucks wait so the first song you wanted to learn was the power rangers theme yeah, song the, the hammer on shit okay so was it the yeah like the intro but when, that when they go into the yeah that part yeah. rips and then oh they're just like this is a c yeah like, this fucking is awful yeah <laughs> so also like, hey quick side note cam do you remember back in like the 80s slash 90s where every commercial and had, every theme song had a guitar solo yeah. what happened to that man uh, that infuriates budget me budget and oh i mean God. i could go down a like, whole do you remember when like like sports thing. like you come back from a commercial yeah. and it was like Wee! Yeah, and we're back. Like in what? In short, Viacom stopped pushing stuff like that and funding for PR for Marshall Gibson. All those yeah, I get it. I get placement it. and everything. It just kind of went away. Fuck that. We're gonna bring yeah. it back. Uh, okay. So as far as my first, so when I was a teenager, I was doing like BMX shit. I was like balls deep in that. I while raced. Well, no, I was racing BMX, which is kind of what got me into like 
guitar. <laughs> well, I mean, punk and hardcore and all that, but at the no, same time, oddly, much like we're doing now, my friends and I, uh, at the time, I wasn't living in Minneapolis. I was living in Alexandria, Minnesota. And the radio there is fucking awful. It's all like oldies and then country. That's it. Yeah. And my friends and I were like, dude, it'd be sick to have a local radio show or a radio show, like a bunch of teenagers and playing the shit we like that, you know, obviously I couldn't say shit on the air. But so we went to what was 94.3 or what's the station on Broadway? Anyway. Anyway, so oh, we went to the yeah. station, and they were like, yeah, make us, like, a, a demo, like, fake, make a ra- radio show. So my friends and I had the Paddle Mac show as a joke, and we needed a a bass to do, like, the Seinfeld slap type thing. And I, my brother Shane had just moved to Florida, and he left all of his instruments at his house. And I'm like, oh, dude, I can get a bass. <laughs> right on. And then so we, I went and stole his bass and put it on my back and rode on a bicycle. So you did have a guitar while riding a bicycle. Yeah, I knew I, you I did. I have done that. I was going to. And basically we were at my buddy T's house and he had a drum kit and I had a keyboard for sound effects and shit. And then we wanted to have the budditch. Yeah. And then slowly like we'd make these mock radio shows making fun of our friends and obviously, we did too many drugs and got too drunk to ever finish a thing to bring it to the radio station. But right. through that, like, we'd get done with the fake radio show, and then we'd be sitting there. And then I, I was like, oh, I got a buddy, Steven. He's got, like, a guitar. None of us knew anything. Right. So we just slowly, like, would learn how to play, like, the riff. The main riff, one of the first riffs we all learned together was Holy Diver. Holy Diver. Yeah, because we... Used to go down to the cities to ride BMX shit, and we stopped at a truck stop, uh, Clearwater, with those giant donuts. Oh in. yeah, that and this is back when rips. gas stations used to also sell CDs on carousels. Yeah, and there was a Best of Dio, and I don't even know. Like nowadays, I'm like, I wonder who licensed that because yeah. the artwork was fucking awful. <laughs> it was like marketed for truckers. Do you remember? Do you remember the track listing? Uh, it opened. It was the. Holy Diver, Last in Line, Rainbow in the Dark, Sunset Superman, and probably like four more. That yeah, that were off Holy Divers. Yeah, there was nothing, nothing like no deep cuts. So it wasn't like the album, The Last in Line. No, that God, that record rips. Have you ever listened to that record? MB, you got to start listening to that record, dude. Last. Are you a line. Dio fan? Dio. You have, yeah. dude. Last. Yeah, dude, that's what got me into Dio and King Diamond was it was a joke. It. it was a joke to my friends and I like we're not seeing lightning. Yeah, uh, I, dude, last Saturday when we were all here for Fourth of July, Matt and I had a four-hour power block of just yelling power metal at the TV. Oh yeah, dude, that was that was some uh, good stuff. But to answer your question, uh, I had is. a guitar as a kid, didn't take it serious, and then. Early teen years, started with a bass, and then uh, slowly I just kind of had to learn everything. Because, like, right, yeah, the yeah. one guy was like, wanted to play Alice Chains type guitar, but didn't know how to play guitar. And yeah. I was like, all into punk, and then I went to hardcore, and that just kept, I kept getting around people. That I was like, yeah, dude, we should like work in the sick riff, the like malevolent creation. They're like, yeah. No, nah, we're just p- trying to play terror riffs. And I'm like, well, that's, oh, yeah. we should mix hardcore and all this together. And right. then, uh, and then my buddy Torin joined the service, so I needed a drummer to do demos. So I was like, well, I, I'll just buy Torin's drum kit, and then I'll just learn drums. 
just so. Yeah, I definitely am like a punk in a shitty hardcore drummer. I can't do anything crazy. Mitch will be the first one to talk about that. So yeah, yeah. Scam. I play bass, drum. I, I figured instead of getting good at one, I'll get mediocre at all three. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know. If, <laughs> I, I think a lot of dudes do that. I, I fucking did that because I was the only kid in my hometown that really gave a fuck about yeah, playing dude. things that rip. So you Plus know. it helps like when I demo shit, like when I sent you guys that obstruction of justice shit. Like I can, oh, that, yeah, it helps. It yeah. really helps to write shit out. I don't know, man. I don't know a lot of dudes. Like, I mean, obviously there's a few. I don't know a lot of dudes that like play guitar or bass that don't dabble in one or the other. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. most dudes can fucking roll with both. But I mean, whatever. Um. So yeah, that's that's where you started playing the bass. See. Uh oh. So, I know that you are a fan. Of you mentioned some old school hardcore and some old school death metal fan or death metal bands. Yep. Um, so I recently got into like old school punk. Oh, uh, sick! Yeah, that's my that's where I cut my teeth on. Yeah, see, uh, I know you're the guy to go to for that. So I mean, I haven't delved too much into it uh, right now. I really like uh, suicidal tendencies. Yeah, uh, and they're yeah, and I mean, I don't know, I you know, I'm not up to speed on some of that history, but uh. uh Neil was also telling me to check out the Dead Kennedys and all this yep. and uh, uh, Black Flag and all this. But um, I guess my question for you specifically is like, if if you had to break down, let's go, let's go three essential. Like for me, because that's the thing about that that whole punk. And then there's like their toes a very fine line with early hardcore. Okay. And there's so many avenues. Like for instance, Dead Kennedys. I never got into them because I couldn't stand jello biafra's rants outside of being in a band oh right right yeah i know but later you know later on once the angst wore off i got eventually you know i love dead kennedys but uh there's so many different avenues there's like see i'm into another thing about punk is like it was cute to play your instrument like shit yeah that's one thing i've always fucking hated um, so the, one of the first bands that I heard talking about that, like playing your instrument competently and having the punk attitude mm. and not giving a fuck was fear with Lee Ving. Oh, okay. Yeah. That is one of, in my opinion of that, I don't know, the, the second or third wave, uh, late seventies, early eighties wave of punk is fear the record. And then the second record more beer. And there's a funny thing about that is he wanted to have a good band and good recording, and when they went into the studio, all the controls were left from Alan Parsons' project oh, no for the drums. That's why, if you listen to Fear of the Record, like the drums, <laughs> like they just sound so weak. But they right. they were probably figured like, well, Alan Parsons' project is a band that consists of producers, so obviously all the settings are good. Right. Uh, and uh, we have a clip of that right now. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> we don't got the licensing for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just playing. There's no clip. Um, <laughs> but no, and then also another thing I took from Lee Ving, man, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not much of a idol worship kind of dude, but like right. Lee Ving for me as a young kid, like that dude did everything. Like he wasn't just pigeonholed into like punk and making mohawks and being a piece of shit. Right. Like, he went into do. He was in a bunch of killer movies. Uh, he did this uh, thing where they were playing a jazz song and Lee Ving is playing the harmonica and 
you know, singing the blues down in mm. Lower Side East. Like, and plus that dude's voice was amazing. So fear right. is always my number one when it comes to punk. So f- okay, so you w- okay? So if you had to choose between, you just said a self-titled and more beer. Yeah. What 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 do you think the 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 average <sighs> well, listener should start well, out with with, uh, with fear? The, the record, because that's a okay. That's I mean, most people. If you're not familiar with Fear, but most people would know Fear because of this. So this is where you guys can get in or be like, oh, yeah, I know that. Uh, Jim Belushi, John Belushi. I Blues Brothers, there's two Belushis. Belushis? The one from <laughs> SNL that was... <laughs> Belushis. <laughs> <laughs> the one that was in Animal House that died of speedballing. Uh, he was really into uh, punk and shit and that whole New, New York, Lower East Side, hardcore yeah, fucking yeah. punk shit. So he brought Fear into SNL to perform, and they brought everybody from old school New York, the hardcore kids from Harley Flanagan, Pete, like all those guys were in the SNL studios when Fear was playing, and they fucking went wild. And just I think it was like $40,000 worth of destruction. $40,000. And right before Belushi passed away, he was actually supposed to do a song uh, called The Neighbors or something like that because he was doing a movie called The Neighbors, which I think later on... You're saying the Belushi guy was? Yeah. Well, like, what did what did he do? He did a song with Lee Ving and what? Fear. You mean, like, on guitar? What did he do? He sang because oh. he also did, like, the Blues Brothers <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. If I'm not mistaken, there's, like, a correlation between what Belushi was going to do with that movie and then with what Will Ferrell and some kid did years later. But anyway, Fear, watch them on SNL, and then just dig in from there, man. So Fear the Record is a good start. Okay, so let's let's get two more. All right, two more bands. Now, five is pushing. We can talk about other things, but two more. I was an angry teenager, Carl, and I was all about partying and fighting and all that bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I wanted more hardcore, fucking brutal shit. Uh, so, this little place called Extreme Noise, a guy yeah. introduced me to a fellow by the name of Gigi Allen. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I fucking everything and anything I could do. That's the cool thing about Gigi Allen is he would record anywhere and everywhere if he couldn't get a band to show up, he'd show up with a boombox and perform uh, the true set in stone, last true rock and roller was Gigi fucking Allen. Whether you, the last true rock and roller, he was dangerous. Dangerous. He made rock and he was the last person to make that shit dangerous and people fucking scared. But from there, I'm not going to say Gigi's my number two, but definitely listen to all the spoken word, all that stuff. I oddly became good friends with his brother Merle and that whole band, the Murder Junkies. Mm-hmm. They're one of my all-time favorite bands. They're more of rock and roll. Uh, anyway, uh, from there I learned about a little band called Anti-Scene, which you oh, all have seen okay, me wearing yeah. the shirts, oh, yeah, and yeah. I push Anti-Scene as hard as I can because that band alone, the history they have all doing it themselves. There's no interference uh, true, a true fucking not only rock and roll band but a punk band. Uh, Anti scene. Yeah, they they worked in at that time. You know, I was still into wrestling and shit, so they were working in wrestling, talking about you know Terry Funk or Cactus Jack or Abdullah right. the Butcher. 
their live shows. I've never seen I've never seen anti scene, but I've always seen pictures and Jeff Clayton bashing his head open with a barbed wire bat. Uh, flash pots on their live show where they blow up half the room and <laughs> just. But the the thing about that band is the songs, man. They have their own sound. It's Joe Young's guitar. But just it's like a it's a cool mashup of like Motorhead and like '60s '70s Motown like soul. No shit. So like when you li- like, dude, they have an album called Noise for the Sake of Noise, and it's bad. And it's okay. Wait, hold up. Is that uh, what's is that the anti scene yes. record? Yes. That's the one. Is that the um, one you were telling me about one day in the van? No, I was probably telling you about here ruin your groove and or the. Uh, the last EP they put out, which was obstinate, obstinate, which means stubborn. I don't. I remember you were you were like, dude, you got check. If you're checking out anti scene, this yeah, is the record. If I if I'm selling anyone on a, any anti scene record, it is here to ruin your groove. Okay, but you're talking about okay. So that but wait, hold just, on. Let's back up. Actually, what's what's so what's the what's the G.G. Allen record to check out? With anti scene, it's called the Murder Junkies, which people confuse because when G.G. got out of prison. Uh, the last time he okay. had been setting up this thing with Jeff Clayton. He's like, you know, he was clean. Like, Gigi was all fucked up in the late 80s, booze hound. I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. And then he got on Halloween, he got thrown in jail. And when he got out, he was, for the most part, straight lace, hopped on a Greyhound or flew the stories one or the other. But he got to uh, North Carolina or uh, South Carolina. It's one of the Carolinas. Those boys live like on the border or whatever. And Clayton had just had his first child, and Gigi Allen, the Gigi Allen, has landed, and they have to record this record with them. And uh, <laughs> it was, you know, it's Gigi fucking Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he recorded an album called The Murder Junkies with Anti Scene. To me, that is Gigi's best work. Not okay. because Anti Scene is the backing band, but. As far as like the concept of the songs, like they're it's easier to follow, mm. and he was truly on a mission, like War in My Head, or I hate people, War in My Head, my prison walls. That's not noise. That's just my mind. It oh, goes out yeah, in yeah, different yeah. directions. Okay, okay, okay. Like that, front to back is a great G.G. Allen record. Um, but as far as anti scene, I always tell people on here to ruin your groove. Uh, always check out you know the GG record they did, uh, their latest EP, Obstinate. I uh, that is I, I listen to that fucking okay. multiple times a week, dude. It's see, phenomenal. See now here's here's the I'm gonna unveil the mask now. See not only did I get a good interview question, but I also now have three records I'm gonna yeah, check there out. You this go. Week. I, I, see how I did that? People y'all. listening to this, you can Trojan horse in personal interests with <laughs> interview questions and not and you, you can you can just do it so smoothly. Yeah. And also, uh, last anti scene plug before we move on to the third one is because sure. I'm gonna plug this band to the day I fucking die because. Yeah, seriously, fucking band rules. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, if you go onto their Facebook, Jeff Clayton, uh, he's been doing these live streams. Him, these old members and current members of Anti Scene. That's another thing is the history of that band. There's so many members. Oh yeah, alive and dead, and it's uh, fucking amazing. Uh, they also have this killer book about the history. I think it's up to like early 2000s called Destructo Maximus. Check that out. 
But okay. uh, they've been doing live streams talking about history because Clayton's like, man, I ain't going to do no interviews or podcasts and right. have to sit through a bunch of bullshit. I'll just tell you the way it is from my mouth, from the horse's <laughs> mouth. From my mouth. And, yeah, dude, you get to hear some killer fucking stories. Them in L.A. during the L.A. riots and they're a bunch of boys from the south. So they had a school bus and a shotgun and one of the boys fell asleep in the bus and it was getting towed. So he's like in the bus. The rest of them are chasing it and he's got a shotgun. Ready to blow the fucking truck, <laughs> like crazy uh, shit, ready huh? to blow the truck driver's head off. I'll say that, but yeah, what crazy shit, huh? Yeah, no, that d- destructo rock destruct is that band. There's no one else like them. No one else will ever fucking be like them. You cut yourself open. Jeff Clayton and Gigi already did it, so stop it. Right on. Yeah, that was a that was a really good segment. See how see that? Yeah. I just asked you about like three things and whatever. Ah, sorry, I don't mean to pat myself on the back that much. But <laughs> hey, Cam, what would you do if you're like, what's the next question? I was like, well. well you, got, you got one more band. <laughs> the <laughs> next question is. Uh, oh. <laughs> Dude. Put that chip down <laughs> now. Uh, no, I'm just playing. I'm not Third do band. That. It's out. I don't know. I wanna c- oh, man. Fear, anti scene. Um, I would say Agent Orange, but they consider themselves hardcore. I would say DB or uh, Death Piggy, which is Dave Brocky's like first band that. Which, oh, listen, what, dude? Listen to Death Piggy. It's, I didn't know about this, dude. When I like, oh, is it fucking rip or what? Yeah, it's Dave Brocky to the fucking max. Is it okay? Hold up. Is it like? Is it like him being like? Is it like a punk band? Yeah, it's but it's, back in the day, it was like this fine line because of the way they were doing shows. It was considered hardcore. Oh, but it's like okay. different. It's punky hardcore. It's just fucking wacky. Yeah. Uh, the best song they have is "Poet." Uh, but as far as the third band, it's always like Agent Orange or Death Piggy. Um, ah, I could save Misfits, Michael Graves era, and get a bunch of people mad at me, but that's my favorite era of the Misfits. Um, okay, see, like I don't, I don't even know why. People would be mad at you for that. Oh, because you know Glenn Danzig era. And oh, and okay, I get. It. I see what you're all saying. All that stuff. Um, man. Yeah, I, I'm gonna say Agent Orange, even though Agent Orange. probably people yelling right now. Hey, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, this is and this like, is what Cam. Yeah, yeah. That that's my know. that's my avenue. I mean, obviously, like Ramones and all that. Like, I'm a huge fan of. Never was a fucking. Uh, uh, never mind the bollocks. Sex Pistols fan. Uh, Dude, okay, let me say something about that because that was probably the first. Stunt? No, but honestly, that was probably the first punk album I ever listened to. Was Nevermind the Bullocks, and yeah. and okay, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. I think that's why for so many years I was like, yeah, I don't. No, nah, like yeah, punk. garbage. I mean, that's my opinion. I just I don't like because some people stunts. think that's like a really legendary record. Well, isn't yeah, that like isn't that how it goes? They had good PR. <laughs> well, I'm saying like everyone plugged that record. Like, yeah. dude, you got to check this record out. And I, I was like, eh, I was like, yeah. I forgot about it, right? But yeah. then I go back and listen to some of the stuff that like you and Neil suggest, yeah. and I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. But I'm, I'm actually I'm gonna take back my third pick of uh, Agent Orange. And okay. although you're gonna, you're gonna take it back, people. Cause Cause he's taking it back. I'm gonna say New York Dolls, dude. But New a York lot Dolls. of people don't really consider them punk. But I mean, bunch of dudes right. dressed in drag from New York, Low East Side, playing fucking 
That, that's punk, dude. Okay, what record from New York Dolls? Holy vey. First record. First record? First record. Fucking rips? And obviously, Personality Crisis, the song, but Jet Boy is the fucking hidden jam on that record, dude. Jet Boy? Jet Boy, Jet Boy. Sam, uh, my baby. All these bands I'm gonna check out. Yeah, man. New York, the New York Dolls are a, and Alice Cooper are like the two, like how Kiss they kind of took a little bit from them, dressing like the fucking ladies. Alice Cooper's face shit in the the, the, sh- the fucking live show, all that shit. Yeah. There's a lot of cool history there, which is that's kind of my big thing is music history. I I'm only to like the 40s. There's right. People that know way more than I do. So. I don't know shit. Okay. Well, we're going to, you can keep, we'll keep this discussion open. So if later in the podcast you want to change your answers, you can do that. It's okay. <laughs> oh, no. There's, there's no rules. Uh, okay. So we went through your, your punk, uh, your punk picks. Let's see. Uh, we're in a death metal band. So we got to talk about death metal for a second. Yep. So let's do a, uh, let's do a, a part that I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I, we're going to try it out today. We're gonna we're gonna check it out. So, obviously, there was death metal bands that you're like, wow, yep. I like death metal, right? Yep. Okay, so, uh, what what would you say like it was one of the big bands that did that for you? Uh, there's only a handful, and I still listen to them today, and I don't really listen to anything else. That's like, all right. Um, Malevolent Creation, Pestilence, um. I mean, Death and Cannibal Chorus were huge, but you know those are the meccas. Okay. When you're getting into that shit, but okay. I found malevolent. I found out about Malevolent Creation first, and uh, the first song I heard by them was Slaughter of Innocence. Okay, what what riff from that song did it for you? It was I never cared about lyrics, but it was fucking. Uh, Which riff was it? The breakdown part leading up with. Slaughter of innocence. That part? Alright, alright. That's Dude. sick. Uh, and then just Hoffman's. <laughs> I, rarely, I mean, I'm quoted all over the place as if anyone keeps a record. Brett Hoffman is the greatest death metal vocalist of that era. And then, you know, Stillborn Happen and In and Off Band is Band Drain, all that shit. But, like, of that first wave of death metal and all that shit, Brett Hoffman had the most, the fucking best voice, dude. And that scream, that agonizing. Yeah. You've def- I've definitely jammed that in your car, and you, I have, I can attest nothing, that you've said those quotes. Nothing gets me more pissed off and mad about it. Right. Listening to fucking malevolent create like if I'm fucking mad, dude, and I put on malevolent creation, I'll right. fucking cave your skull and ready dude. to punch size your face. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you said pestilence as well. Pestilence. Yep. That. Uh, and oddly, most people won't say shit like this, but their later uh, eras, when they came back after their hiatus, I dig like I introduced you to Doctrine. Dude. Yeah. That, I fucking okay. What, by that what? What's your favorite riff off Doctrine? Uh, it's either in it's kind of the whole band section in dissolve like when the and the band kind of peters off and it's just this drum fill yeah and it's just all those heavy ass octave chords oh i know that Um, band fucking rules dude okay on uh doctrine 
You know what part rips is when it's like selfish yeah yeah dude yeah okay see that that this is the segment where i'm like okay we need to have this segment where we like talk about riffs because i know i can uh hit up pat uh pat o'brien no dude i would that would be right from uh i'd love to interview him but he he doesn't do like normal interviews like this like he's a really he's known people think he's a dick but he's just really straightforward dude do you think he would do a riff or riff podcast? I would yeah, be like, dude, because I could sit there and be like, okay, do you know what my favorite riff yeah. from Obsidian is, dude? Yeah, he. I don't even know if he'd want to talk. He'd probably just like, Damn. if you asked him about a favorite riff, he'd be like Alan Hemsworth or something. Like, oh, who? Uh, he's like his jazz fusion player. Wait, who'd you say though? Alan Hemsworth. Isn't it Alan Holdsworth? Is it Holdsworth? I'm pretty sure it's Holdsworth. Ah. That, Same that, thing. That, yeah. that fusion jazz. Dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's but, if you listen to like pestilence. If you really listen to pestilence, that's where Hey, that, that dude that from. dude rips like for real. Yeah. Like uh the dudes from a sugar are always talking about that guy. Yeah. Uh okay, hold on. uh so pestilence uh okay, what is your favorite Campbell riff? Oh, I know yeah. that's a tough one, isn't it? Uh, favorite Campbell riff. See but 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 this is a fun segment because you know, if we get the right people, they'll be like, "Oh, bro!" And then we could like talk about cannibal riffs for like an hour. But this is this is good shit right here. Can I do? Yeah. Both eras of yeah early and late. You can do any. We can go one on each record. I, I, could, I, I love I talking just, about cannibal corp. Instead, I'm gonna add to your question, Carl. When it comes to that band, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you my three favorite parts from that band. Okay. Thirty-seven different favorite parts. No, okay. Let's let's hear. Uh, first one, the surfer beat in uh fucking uh splatter bane scatter remain scatter remain shatter brain. Oh yeah yeah. The surfer beat. Listen, Paul Pizzazz Mazurkowitz. I know you're not listening to this, but if someone who does know him is listening, please, please bring that. Surfer beat oh, I know, to man. a Cannibal Corpse song. Well, they just they should just start playing that song again. I got it's to see on that DVD. I got to see him do it once during the Evisceration Plague. Yeah, I don't I, think it was I've the Evisceration Plague tour, but was, I've seen them. Carl, I've seen Cannibal Corpse like 23 times. Um, anyway, uh, the second, the riff. Hey, wait, pause. Wouldn't that be funny, though, if like... Paul Mazurk, which was like talking to Alex one day, be like, yeah, I was listening to this podcast. And, said, <laughs> and then the next tour, Campbell's like, we haven't played this song in a while. We haven't played this song in a handful of years. Sorry, and only true Cannibal Corpse <laughs> fans would know it. And if you see someone standing there pretending to know the song, I want you to rip their tiny little dicks off. <laughs> this song is... Yeah, dude. I can see the three on that. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's sick. I love that band. Uh, All right, let's, another let's keep it going. Another riff and song as a whole is the Cryptic Stench, dude. The Cryptic Stench. Yeah, yeah dude. dude. Um, you can't fuck with that. You can't fuck with uh, that. Later on, the... Uh, I guess would would be the... Pre-course 
uh, to as deep as the knife will go. Once again, heavy ass octave chord. Yeah. And then that. Yeah, do those triplets. And then my fourth, and this is probably my favorite Cannibal song, is Skewered from Ear to Eye. Oh, dude. It's so yeah. I remember I was like trying to learn that on drums, and it's so twisted. Oh man, that shit fucking ribs. Dude, yeah, yeah. Man, we talk about evisceration play a lot. That's a fucking front to back phenomenal record. It is, man. I've been saying that for so long. And I had never, at that point in my life, which was 2009, if I'm not mistaken, I had never heard a band that heavy, dude. In my life. And then as soon as they... Dude, yeah. as soon as they hit evisceration play, I was like, what That's the like fuck the is that? Yeah. That at the Station 4, rest in peace in St. Paul, Minnesota, dude. Fucking dude. good night. That, okay, so I remember playing that record for the first time, and I'm like, I have never heard a band on cd that sounded so much like fucking power tools and it's fucking rad <laughs> like it's heavy as shit like fucking paul's ride on that just sounds like tink, 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 yeah, tink, like yeah. in your dude it's fucking oh man that was sick i'm actually uh the global evisceration dvd there's like 10 seconds not even 10 seconds. Oh, yeah, you were telling 10 me that. milliseconds I was watching of that my buddies day. and i's head in a shot there's a, also a shot and they use it from the same day, but it's in uh, Centuries of Torment or whatever. Yeah. Because I think it was made by the same gal. I think I think you're right uh, There's a shot where sure. Rob Barrett's walking in front of, uh, across from Station 4, there used to be this, I think it's like a, some kind of federal building, but they'd have like weddings and shit there. Giant pillars. Yeah. And there's a shot of Rob Barrett with sunglasses and the hat, and then he's wearing like camo pants. We were oh. like on the other side of the camera. When she was filming that show. Oh, and then right there's on. a shot where she's like doing the crowd, you know, where the camera pans through all the yeah. people waiting outside, and we're like standing there looking stupid like teenagers. Right. Uh, third band, though, for death metal. Hey, wait, pause for a second. Yeah. What if, what if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm actually in the Sensories of Torment DVD? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, oh, Point where can you show stuff. me, right? No, no, hold up. And then, and then you were at your place, and you put in your copy, and you like CGI'd yourself playing like <laughs> stage right copy. guitar, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh yeah, check this out. It's and like, you're playing stage right guitar. It's with that a really shitty CGI where it's a <laughs> yeah. different lighting. Yeah, dude. And you're like, dude, check me <laughs> yeah. out. And, and like, like, I wouldn't, shred. I wouldn't be feathered into the shots with all pixelated <laughs> yeah. around me. Like, well, yeah, check it out, dude. I played on this tour. <laughs> Sick. Uh, my third okay, band, third band, and riffs. people, people, much like the third band of the punk, people are gonna be like, "There's no death metal." Whatever, band. let's hear it. Uh, Believer. Oh, okay. Let okay, dude. Well, give me your your favorite Believer riff then. Oh, yeah. I've heard some Believer, man. They got. Some I riffs. love every fucking Believer riff, dude. That oh, especially when they do the half, like one dude's doing a half step off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twisted shit. Um. I'd say the no, the no apology riff on the Dimensions album, which the Dimensions album, I've always said, if I'm stranded on an island, that that's the record I want with me. Yeah. Because every time I listen to it, and I've been listening to it since I was fucking 13, 14 years old, I was even lucky enough to interview fucking Kurt Bachman a few years ago for that radio show I was doing. All right. Which on. is on YouTube. I should just redub that, the... Uh, 
one of these podcasts. Anyway, that's a that's a that's something for something else. Uh, the main riff and no apology uh, off the Dimensions album, but and let's hear your mouth version. <laughs> it's too twisted. Just I'm gonna put it's it in too right twisted, here, bro. And here's a clip of it. No, I'm just kidding. We, Dement- we don't have the licensing for the that either. The Dementia, the, I guess it would be a clean guitar, kind of doing the picking pattern. Like, and that's the shit? Yeah, and then there's, the cool thing is they got, they they were one of the first bands to work in the fucking orchestra shit. Like, in the 80s. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. the Obscura. No shit. And, yeah, those records and shit. And they did that all themselves. So yeah, and for those of you who are like, boo, you just know a fucking death metal band, trash Christian band. Well then to you I say then Asphyx, dude. And the best album by that band, in my opinion, is Death Hammer. And my favorite song is fucking Doom You to Death, because it's about fucking destroying posers in metal. Because I am a metal elitist. And I love that band and I love that song. <laughs> That's fucking interesting. <laughs> That's fucking interesting. So yeah, Asphyx. Um, everyone always talks about the first record, but you know, everyone who's a new booty to death metal is always like, "Well, I'm all about the first record." And then, like two years later, you put it down, and you're not a death metal fan anymore. Right. And that's what we doom you to death is about. You fancy fucking mics, ah, oh, dude. Do you think people listening to this podcast will wonder how many bags of snacks I have in my arsenal? I'm, a, I'm assuming at least Ty Morehouse is wondering. That's like the third or fourth. <laughs> <third. laughs> Dude. Chips. I don't know if you know this, but I'm really excited to do a lot of audio gags. Yeah. Because I, I like shit like that. Because, see, now the listener, what they're going to be like, I wonder what snacks he has. Is MB die- dead? Is I he think just he, leaving? I think he's probably just doesn't want to listen to us talk about bullshit anymore. I don't know. Cool. Uh, uh, okay, ho- okay. let's get back to... Uh, and I, for those of you listening while you're looking that up, I apologize for the long-windedness. However, there's a lot of uh, finite details to these things I care about. Oh, it's okay. But anyway. Dude, well... Uh, All I care about is death metal, and that's it. And that's it. Uh, oh, hey, here, no, here, before we move away from riffs, one more question. What, okay, dude, Yo. what's your favorite Megadeth riff? There's like a bar chord, or I, I, the dude's tone. So it's either a bar chord or a really cool power chord that just the tone makes it sound like a bar. Um, it's the descending. In in the song "Into the Lungs of Hell," the opening track on "So Far So Good." So what? And you're always talking about that. So record, far, so man. good. So what is Megadeth's best album? The story behind that album is what makes that album the best album. And if you don't know, go read about it right now. Right, right. Right, right now, because I'm not going to tell it to you, because we'll be here for another fucking 45 minutes. Okay, so do you recall? 
if was there a time when I found a cassette of that and I was gonna buy it, but they were charging like a ridiculous I, amount for it? That sounds familiar. Yeah. I don't remember where that was, but I'm pretty sure you were like, "Oh, dude, you should check that out." But the price tag was it was yeah. like forty bucks or something. The I'm thing like, is, and if it's like Mustaine does remixes every other day of all this shit, like. I always have their first album really low on my list of Megadeth albums because it mm-hmm. sounds like dog shit. But not, then they recently remastered uh, Killing Is My Business and Business Is Good, and it sounds sick. Uh, if I were to have a backup relief riff by that band, it would be the second song on So Far So Good, So What? Set the World Afire, and it's the... Yeah, ah, dude. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So I'm talk- I'm this is what I'm talking know. about, dude. Oh, ri- dude, dude don't, this, is, yeah. this is what I'm talking about. Don't talking about me, riffs. Yeah, don't get me started on okay, that. Okay, now I'm picture this with, band, like, dude. all the dudes and bands we know after, like, four beers. You know how, yeah, like, dude, because you know dudes They'll that are. singing you. Yeah, yeah like I was just doing. Also, think about it. If this, if if people listen to this while they're drinking beers, they'll be like, "Oh, dude, they're talking about that riff, yeah, man." Do the you know what I'm saying? Thirdly, and I know those of you that have seen us live have heard me do this in between songs or for sound check. And thirdly, a Megadeth riff is, uh, oh my god, the Five Magic Space riff. It's just. You know, oh, wait, wait, sorry, sorry, are we talking about Megadeth still? Yeah, that's my third. But as a bass player, you should know that fucking bass line for Five Magics. I uh, I don't know that bass line, so oh. I guess I am not yeah, you a qualified bass player. Oh, and you play fingerstyle, so that's going to suck. I know. Yeah. Man, real talk, you showed me those Dave Ellison videos, and... Dave it's o- hard to argue that playing with a pick is, you know, that dude is flawless when dude, it comes to those things. Dude, he's down picking, surprisingly. Holy I, shit. I, there was a lot of songs I thought he was alternate picking because Dave Mustaine's known for alternate picking. So I just would assume, you know, Mega Dave was like, you have to alternate pick. And no, Ellison down picks a lot of that shit. Um, also, there was a time where my friends and I crashed Dave Ellison's birthday party and fed him his own cake. Uh, oh yeah, but back to the videos I showed you, um, and I always recommend these to like bass players because everyone wants to be a guitar player. So there's a million videos all over YouTube on guitar maintenance and all that shit. Dave Ellison's Rock Shop. If you just type that in on YouTube, he gives you. When I was starting to take music serious back in the day, like I came across those, and I was like, "Oh, sick!" <laughs> Everything from intonation and setup to he, you know, le- minor lessons, but he shows you, like, the books that he read. Because back in the day, you had to read books to learn how to me- learn music uh, instead of watching some Japanese kid day. play <laughs> right, <laughs> like yeah. in Dream Theater. Right. Uh, that's, actually, that's actually an interesting thing. Because uh, when you and I were growing up, like... Do you you got like Guitar World CD ROMs, right? Did you ever fuck with any no, of those? No, I I got uh, I had a Victor Wooten DVD. Well, okay, but you remember like where like the DVDs and like that was then still like, C- yeah. dude, I got the new guitar DVD, right? Yeah. So you were around that. Like that's the thing. Now people have an endless gold mine oh, dude, of all that uh, shit. Yeah, bands like with the song that they're putting out. Part of the single is bands are putting out how, a how to playthrough with oh, yeah. tablature on it. 
I remember trying to learn how to read tabs, and it made no sense. Like, I because I, I I learned by ear, or I would watch, and I I wouldn't even know tunings. So I'd be watching a band play a song, and I'm like, oh, well, like that, right? And then it would just sound sour and awful. I'm like, oh, I'm in E, and they're in D. That makes sense. You just had your fucking, you had your shit tuned so low, like. <laughs> man, when I first started playing bass, that was the first thing I did. It was like, all right, let's see how low this can go, man. I've <laughs> always been into I that, I still dude. say E standard is my favorite tuning. Like, if you can't be heavy in E, then fucking put your instrument down. Hey, there is something to be said about that, one hundred percent. Because it's tone, man. Oh man, because there's definitely bands that play in standard. Like, yeah, you can't get heavier than that. Yeah. Sick. Get out of here, you know. Uh oh. Okay, so what else we got? I have more, a couple more questions. I got to do another podcast after this podcast. MB oh, yeah. and I are starting a secret podcast. Yeah, start a secret podcast. No, we're not. Um, That's a joke. Oh no. <laughs> So you, so, you, yeah. <laughs> oh no! Did you just spill the beans on yeah. the air? I guess. Shit. Thirty years from now, they'll find they'll connect <laughs> the dots. When some some oh, hipsters no. are finally getting into Gorgatron and making it seem like we were a big deal, and they'll be like, "Oh, he was talking about a podcast." <laughs> you know, they'll just be able to upload my identity. Like yeah. they'll be able to download it and then f- go through my world history because you know. AI. You know, I'm waiting for that to happen, for someone to act like we're way more famous than we are, and for that to catapult us into the they'll top the, of our game. Yeah. They'll take quotes from the show. Yeah, there was even a guy that, like, one time, and they'll have the year, even though oh, they never yeah. said, like, they said, you guys sound like a real band. Yeah, so, I don't know. These guys yeah. are huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you so insightful for being Mitch's brother? This is, <laughs> it it trips me out because oh, man. you guys both are super on point about certain things. Like that was a very Mitch good and, analyzation. Mitch and MB needed their own podcast. I've been dude. I had <laughs> Mitch. I had your brother on my radio show as a uh, partner, and the best episodes were Mitch just talking about like World War Two tanks. Yeah. It was the shit. <laughs> we could we could probably do a whole segment. Yeah. Right. True. Um. Oh, okay. So, real quick, you s- you have been playing the same Jackson basses for a while now. Uh, I swear by them. Which are they are okay? So they are not Dave Ellison signatures, but they are pretty darn close. Is that? Yeah, they're the CDNXs. Okay. So the Dave Ellison's concert bass has certain contours to it, and then the control layout. Is like a it's like a swoop, mm. and the see the concert bases I play are like I guess you would say they're mid level. No, but uh, yeah, and he has like he actually two days ago just came out with his own signature EMG that the public can buy because he's been working with EMG for since like wait I want to say the uh, EM, uh, EMG yeah pickups oh no shit oh, yeah oh. most of his his signatures come with EMG bases but now you can because I was actually looking to buy. I'm an ENG fan for bass. Like for metal bass playing, I'm all about actives because you got to punch through a fucking wall of guitar. Oh yeah. And a lot of people are like, mm, active bases. Geezer mm, <laughs> Butler never played an active bass. Anyway, uh 
music critic impersonation. Ugh. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I was really looking forward to buying oh, Alice Webster's Seymour, Seymour Duncan signatures, and then oh. that never like went live. Like oh, shit. there was, they did a little bit of PR for it, and then it just fucking went away. What are you taking it? Oh, dude, yeah, someone, someone, Is that from the Hank Hill. Yeah, someone yeah. made a bunch of like they stickers have, like, the like black this. Flag album covers. Uh, if you Hank look, Hill. if you, if you yeah. look at. If you look throughout my things, you can see more of those. Uh, anyway, sorry. So those Dave or not Dave? Those Jackson uh, concert bass. Those Jackson concert basses that you play. Yep. It is tough to argue the playability and the tone you get out of that thing, because uh-huh. uh, you are currently playing to an Ampeg SVT7. Correct. So, yeah. So the big thing about like, at least the Gorgatron bass tone. Like I've never been a pedal dude. I just. Even with guitars, like plugs from guitar to amp, in my world that should be enough. Also, I didn't have a lot of money when I was getting into this stuff. So yes, and for those of you listening who have never seen this live, Cam has sixteen pedals <laughs> on his pedal board right now. Oh God, no! But, All uh, effects. The main, the backbone of a, as if I'm somebody. The backbone to my bass tone is literally so for metal. It's the classic Ampeg tone. With the ultra low and um, well, before I got the seven, I had the four, which I now use in El Supremo. Yes. With El Supremo, I use the classic like seventy-eight or sixty-eight, seventy-four kind of ampeg tone, that growly, the head itself overdriving tone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. So, and I have all my settings the same as far as it's all the classic uh, ampeg settings, which any ampeg should be able to put. Uh, all of your EQs at about one or two o'clock, and really it's just a matter of the shaping of your low end or high yeah. end, and you'll be able to get the classic Ampeg tone. So for El Supremo, I have everything set at one two o'clock pretty much, and that I just have everything. I have the high and the low, the ultra low, out. and those I have those punched out, and then okay. my gain is probably sitting at about four or five o'clock. For Supremo, you're saying? Yeah. And then for Gorgatron, my gain is sitting at about 4 or 5 o'clock. A little bit of compression because, you know, yeah. got to compress that shit. There's a lot of notes going on. And then all the EQs are at 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock. And then, but I have the ultra low punched in. I think. You like that rumble. Well, it's just, it, it rounds it and clears it up. Kind of gives it that clanky clearness. Yeah. And then recently, starting like a year and a half, two years ago, um, once Neil came back in the band, so now I had a second guitar player to like fight tone wise. No, um, that's when I incorporated the. Uh, I bought that Billy Sheenan pedal. Uh, uh, I forget the model number of it, but whatever. It's the purple yeah. Billy Sheenan pedal, and I mainly use that as like a boost. Um, I didn't really have a lot of gravel. That thing's not really gravelly. It gets really bright, and then it like almost sound. It, the reason why I got rid of it is because I kept hearing a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Because Billy, sh- it's designed for that dude, and he's all about using harmonics and shit. Yeah. I don't do that in this band. Yeah, that so, that dude has some crazy shit going on. Yeah, well, I, I checked out some of his uh, rig- some of his shit after you let me borrow that pedal, yeah. and we, I understand why that pedal sounds like it's it does. designed for that dude alone. Yeah. And then all, all of his rich lawyer fans that want to redo his rig uh so then i swapped that out for a uh 
Paul from Gorgatron who makes pedals, and one day we will have him at the merch table and <laughs> on the website cool. or whatever. But he made a, and I've been a dickhead for like four or five years, and I'm like, oh man, dark glass. Because everyone's playing dark glass. And then he's like, hey man, I made like a dark glass clone out. Seven, whatever, clone. The, the, uh, is it the three or the seven? I, I think it's the three. The okay. seven is like a seven knob. I I might have my yeah, wires crossed. But he he made that clone, and he's like, yeah, dude, check this out. And it was literally now that there's two guitars, and the thing about Gorgatron is where the guitars are pretty, the mids are not scooped. In fact, they're quite the opposite. Like we have a lot of mids going on, so you can hear what the fuck we're playing. Yeah. And so I got that wall to beat. So that pedal that he made kind of really brought out – it's like an overdrive pedal, but it pushes a little more so I can actually hear it through the mix. So, But I'm also just using that as like a signal boost and a little bit of grit. So I'm still and clean bass tone because yeah. I'm a fan of trying to play as much as I can note for note with guitars. Now if there's a yeah. second guitar, I've been dropping out on some of the newer shit just to fill in that – who cares about what we're talking about right now? I'm trying to fill out the low end of the song. I mean, but this is the thing. There's people that do care about Add this. Add more dynamics. But, I mean, there's people that do care about this. Like, True. other dudes in bands, they'll be like, you know what? Or maybe not even in bands, but people be like, you know what? They care about their tone. And, dude, we do. We, it might sound weird, but, like, there's some, there's some bands and some people that don't care about their tone, man. And you can fucking tell. What if I, <laughs> what if I started crying right there? There's so much people that don't care about tone. They they should care about tone. That's hilarious. All right, yeah. And I'm just like bawling, and you're just like, yo, dude, (laughs) uh, we should probably move on or something. I'm like, no, just give me a second. And I'm just like, I'm just like crushed by so many people that don't give a shit about tone. But also, the funniest thing about that is picturing people like at your job. Like, just randomly, like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about tone. <laughs> and you'd just be like, why is this happening? Like, a cop pulls you over and be like, yeah, I don't I don't care about tone, dude. Yeah. Like, what? Did you pull me over to tell me that? <laughs> <laughs> I ran your plate, saw your name. I know who you are, and I don't like tone. I don't like tone. Ugh. I like, uh, what if a cop was like, I like scooping my mitts. Uh, <laughs> and you're like, no. He slides his sleeve up and it's yeah. like a Randall head. Yeah. <laughs> graphic or EQ. Or something ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. A death metal pedal. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, this is, this is all dumb bits, dude. We got to fucking get that going. Yeah. The tone, um, please. But yeah, dude, I swear by Jackson Bases. <laughs> And Ampeg. The tone, please. Dude, imagine <laughs> seeing a band and they're like going and you see some dude get arrested on stage like, bro. Why is your gain all the way up? Why is it that every time you're not playing guitar, it sounds like this? Are you, sir, are you? <laughs> yeah, all right. He has a tape measure for some reason. Like like some dude's <laughs> warming up backstage and the the, the tone police come and they're like, Hey, uh that how new are your board? strings? Oh, uh yeah, yeah, that's my pedal board. Like where I see you don't have an overdrive pedal on there. Yeah, I, no, I I do. I just I just you know, I don't I don't have it on right now. I just, 
I, you know, but I, I have uh, overdrive my chain. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, we need to see that or else you're not going on stage, bro. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> Here's a citation. <laughs> yeah, dude. Pay this in 14 days or you have to show up in court. I don't uh, live here. <laughs> That's not my problem. Yeah. My and problem like, is you don't have an overdrive pedal. Fucking tone court. <laughs> it says here that you did not have a tube screamer in your chain. <laughs> Is this true? Yeah. Well, no, no. I, I have like a Behringer claw one. So you do not have an Ibanez <laughs> tube screamer, for the record. Well, no. This well, was before the Behringer lawsuits and it's pretty much the same schematics. <laughs> well, we'll leave this to the jury. Holy shit. There's one guy. They're like. Yeah, it's dudes that work at Guitar Center. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's dudes that work at Guitar Center, but they're all about profiling amps, so they don't really care, so they, they let the guy on. <laughs> Holy shit. This is oh, this is so dumb, but awesome. <laughs> this needs to be a skit. That's, yeah, Which, that's what I'm saying. This is going to be the sixth episode, seventh episode. This will be the fifth, sixth, or seventh time I've brought this up. We are bringing back GTV skits. And we're doing yes. the. I'm gonna put my foot down right now. Starting next week, we're gonna start a series that has to do with cops because <laughs> we're talking about cops and ampegs. So stay tuned. Oh, oh, you want to do that? Okay, yeah, we okay, cool, cool. Uh, okay, so we talked about your bases. Uh, we've covered some ground. Um, uh, have we only done like three questions? We we've probably do, only done. Should like we do three a rapid actually. fire? Oh, wait, real quick. This is our second single that we've put out, Usurpation. Oh, and here's a clip of it. Okay, we're back. And we're back. And then... Right. and then, uh, Wait, what is Usurpation about real quick? Usurpation is about taking control of things that you have control of, but you don't want to act like you do in and your And put life. your phone down. And put your phone down. Your life is defied by the glass. And I will, I will say this right now. I am guilty of all that, so like, yes. I'm, not, I'm, try, I'm not trying to be a dick to everybody. We're humans, and we're working ourselves. And here's a clip yes. right now. Let me 
Insurmountable just dropped. Uh, yeah, or yep, a we'll, couple days ago. Well, and here's no, and we'll, here's, we'll, here's a it, clip. Okay, we're back. we're back. Wait, god damn it! Fuck. Insurmountable is about what? Oh, insurmountable is about how self doubt can be a really crippling force, but you just need to believe in yourself and turn into a giant robot. <laughs> and here's a clip. Of and here's right a clip. I am the 
Rapid fire questionnaire. Uh, okay, rapid fire questionnaire for Cam. Uh, when you started playing bass, what what are some of the dudes that stood out? Like you want you want to be like those dudes, uh, particular bass players. Pete Steele, Carnivore, and then Typo. Uh, that dude was a hell of a bass player and a composer. Uh, people, you know, want to knock the guy because the Playgirl, but he did that for the band and for exposure. <laughs> He did not realize that most of Playgirls... <laughs> oh, that story's wild, man. Yeah, he did not know that most of... He thought Playboy meant, like, how dudes get Playboys for... So he thought it was the oh, equal of scale chicks. of females. Yeah. And then he realized that a lot of uh, dudes subscribed to that. And he was doing signings, and dudes would bring in the magazine to sign. And when he'd open up the centerfold area to sign, there was cum all over inside. And it's a few times it fell on his lap. Anyway, that's a side note for those of you that like music history. And so uh, that's the reason why Cam wanted to be more like Peter Steele. Yeah, big uh, dicks and stuff. An- another bass player that uh, you look Lemmy, up to. Uh, Pete Steele, fucking uh, Dave Ellison, Alex Webster, Merle Allen. That's five bass players of choice for Cam. Yes. Uh, so not necessarily bass players. Who are some of the people that you respect in the musical field? Um, that aren't necessarily dudes in bands or, uh, um, you know what I'm asking? Like well, yeah, other, yeah. other other people maybe in the industry or, so like or, industry or biz? Industry people. Um, th- there's two that stand out right away because they're ones that back in the day, they were really interactive with their fans. In fact, the fans are what made the band, and you guys hear me talk about this shit all the time. Uh, CKY, Darren Miller and Chad Ginsburg, and even Jess Margera, Back in the day, they had their the forum on their mm-hmm. website, the whole CKY Alliance, and then Ask CKY. Uh, as a dumb teenager, every day, before social media existed, I was on that shit. Like, oh, man, there's... Because it was a whole network of people all throughout the world. Uh, you know, the fans are the reason why that band sold so many records. Fans alone would go into shops. I, myself, went into music stores. and be like, hey, can you order six albums? Are you going to pay for them? Yeah. 
Totally. And then they would show up at the store and they'd have to sell them. Um, but those guys, just through answering questions and then talking directly, like I learned how to record. I learned about hard left, hard right when doing different guitar tracks and then looping it all into one track on a four track and shit and like that. And then you learned about hard drugs. Yes. And they also, a lot of music, music business talk. And then I got interested in music business. So from there, I got in, in uh, Dave Elveson. I got the book he wrote in like 96, Making Music Your Business. And I read the fuck and business out. is good. Yeah. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing. Okay, go uh, on. Yeah, so Dave Elveson and then Mike Mowry, because he's like from the hardcore uh, scene. Uh, he owns and runs and operates a, a Outer Loop group, which is a management group, and then Outer Loop Records. Uh, he's a fucking genius dude as far as like, uh, music management and not so much like pop rock or pop country or pop music or pop rap, but like underground shit, like punk and hardcore and taking bands from an underground thing and making them or help assisting them and becoming broader and more people know them. Broader. Um, yeah. Gene Simmons is another guy I've spent a lot of my life learning from <laughs> do you remember last podcast episode when we were talking about gene busters <laughs> yeah kind of <laughs> we should tell mb this gene busters is a remake of the movie ghostbusters except all the ghosts are gene simmons awesome <laughs> we you talked about this for way, way too way too long um i'm gonna trademark gene uh, another last uh music industry dude, yeah okay last one um and this is kind of a two-part thing as i've done with all these questions is <laughs> it's mount connor okay the a had a and r guy for roadrunner now he's over at nuclear blast if it had a mount connor stamp of approval in the liner notes when i was looking at the cd at a record store because back in the day you used to be able to fucking open the cd up and just not be a dick. Sometimes you'd steal a CD, but I'd look for right. Mount Connor. I, first, I'd look for the Roadrunner stamp. Second, I would look for Mount Connor's name in the sleeve. Uh, and then also from Mount Connor, the other thing that I respect and learned from in the music industry was every single horror story you ever heard about. 360 deals, people like oh, Elvis, yeah, yeah. Elvis and the Colonel, like... Hey, man, folks really want to see me in Japan, man, or in the UK. Elvis, come on, you don't want to do that. You, you stay in it, make a movie, hey, and little does Elvis. Hey, look out, man. Elvis doesn't realize that he can go over there and he would actually make more money, which is why his whole, the colonel and all them kept him because they had, Yeah. he, he wasn't like, hey, man, I want to buy this car. Elvis, we'll get the car for you. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Hey, man, I'd like to see my bank statements. Elvis, Elvis, Elvis. Here's a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Don't ask questions. So, yeah, all that that, that shit is what I've, I have I love and have been, like, obsessed about is music. I come, you know, my family, I come from music yeah, industry family, yeah. type folks. Your whole family is musical for those who, who have handful, not met yeah. Cam's family. Yeah. Broad uh, from rap to folk to funk to R&B. Yes, and here's a clip of all of those bands at the same time right now. All right, and we're back. And we're back. Uh, okay, rapid fire question for Cam. Um, have you ever daydreamed about having a signature bass and what the ad would look like in your Guitar Center promotional? Oh, like the stand? picture of me and the instrument. Yes. Oh. Have you ever thought about that? Um, well, I have been thinking 
about getting a USA Custom Shop Jackson and the or Cam DeWald signature. No, dude, I mean, you should do it, man. If we had the numbers Think behind about, us, they well, no, no, no. I'm saying you should just you could just just custom order a Jackson that you'd want. Yeah. And then just put your signature on it at somewhere and just be like, this is the Cam DeWald signature. Just buy a bunch of cheaper Jacksons. And be because like, here's what you could do. You could tell people. Do all the woodwork You could tell signature. people that are like, yeah, this is my signature. It's a custom built. You can't get this because yeah. you can't. It's not yeah. going to be on the production line. So you should be like, yeah, this is, this is my base. Like, whatever. Yeah. Well, I have been considering actually getting a custom shop Jackson and or not saying I'm going to jump ship, but since we have the hook, since we can possibly uh get in the ltd esp world you're gonna add esps aren't you i'm curious if their custom shop can work with me and do a concert based style without any lawsuits with a few little specs i'm sure they could i want to rip off billy sheenan's six bolts and i want uh through the body uh yeah string gimmicks and i want a brass nut so, Jackson, ESP, you guys got to start fighting for me, man. Okay, second rapid-fire question. Yeah. Uh, have you ever thought about what your solo project would sound like? Um. Yeah. Yeah? It would just be, first off, I, I do those things. I just never do anything with them because it's just there's never one riff repeats because I'm like, oh, man, I want it to sound like Believer. You should, oh, put, man. That, you should put it out, dude. I want to. You should. Dr- you should. should I play you should drop that, that record. Obstruction of justice <laughs> demo. I sent you just. Guys. Just that. And here's a clip of that. No, uh, um, no, but for real, you should you should I, drop all that one shit. One thing of like Mitch and I, our my our buddy Mitch, uh, him and I have been talking for years about doing a band called Radiation, and ah, oh, see now everyone's gonna take all these fucking band names. They can take it. it. There was our band in the nineties called Radiation. That yeah, but dude, that's a really Milwaukee rad fucking because you yeah. guys, dude, that could spawn like you have a gimmick already. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like that's a really good band um, name. My thing. The music will do the work. Yeah, as far as if I was like like a Dave Mustaine or a Chuck Schuldiner, where it was like my band. Um, one thing I wouldn't would do as far as writing is make sure I wasn't pigeonholed. Like, this is just death metal, so I can't ever have like a fucking proggy part. Or and that's the third time we have said pigeonholed on this podcast. Sick. And back to you, Cam. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Like one second, I want it to sound like fucking pestilent spheres album and then the next second i want it to sound like fucking agnostic front hardcore and then i want it to end on a i don't know fucking megadeth solo i don't that's what it would sound like so for those of you just tuning in there's gonna be cam dewalt solo project records coming out in the (laughs) near future i'll sell them out of my trunk third and final rapid fire and final podcast question is: Have you ever thought about what a Cam DeWald sauce would taste like, and what the marketing scheme would be for it? <laughs> um, it would definitely be a hot sauce. Would um, it have your face on the packaging? Um, <laughs> a silhouette. Cam, like, <laughs> no, nah, I hate those hot sauces. Like everyone who's like, 
like Chris Wilson, <laughs> our buddy Chris. Okay, well, wait, what if he was you in the hot sauce, but you were pissed? <laughs> nah, dude, I fucking hate hot sauce or barbecue, like, specialty sauces that have someone's stupid face on them. When we were at Chris Chris's place last time, when we were partying with his loud sound system and and his endless supply of corn dogs yeah, of various shapes everyone and sizes. Everyone listened to every single band that Chris Wilson's in. Yes. Um, but and here's a clip of all of them yeah. right now. Sick. Now we're back. Right. Um, he's known for eating lots of meats and having a lot of hot sauces. And when we were there last, I was like, dude, I'll have a hot sauce off with you. And he's like, you want to have a hot sauce off, man? I'm like, dude, I will have a hot sauce off. And so we did. But he brought out one that had a dude with like doo-doo braids and i'm like yeah i ain't i ain't fucking with that he's like well you can't handle i'm like well no i we just had one that's hotter than that i just i'm not gonna fuck that right i'm not gonna fuck with that fuck that dude so if i had my own sauce i'd probably have uh some like uh thrash or death metal artist make some artwork so it was like really serious artwork on a hot sauce that'd be rad well it's me that would be actually some kind of tongue-in-cheek humor we should make gorgatron sauce uh, we were talking about making our own like supplement uh, to sell at the merch table. We could do that like, too. Mosh fuel, and it would just basically be like uh, 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 pre-workout and protein. Uh, yeah, pre-workout pill and all and all that shit. It would just because be we like, can yeah. do that, dude. Actually, we should. I'll start making it and then just putting it into, into bottles of water and be like, just drink this before <laughs> we play. I no. just want everyone to know that on the recent episode of Gorgatron's podcast, they talked about drugging people. No, see, here's Put what we'll do because list. this is completely legal store bought shit. <clears throat> so what I'll do is I'll you I'll don't get need bottles any kind of, of regulation to do supplements. Yeah, too. I'll get bottles of water and put like four scoops of pre workout and like three <laughs> scoops of protein in it and My shake heart. it up. Put a Gorgatron sticker on it and be like, okay, I guarantee if you drink this, you're going to have a good time. And see how many people are like, yeah. Dude, that would make people mosh. People don't mosh anymore, really, unless you're in like a cool city. It would help our brand, too. If this is illegal, someone please tell me. Yeah, we need, I mean, I have, we have lawyer friends, but like. I don't think they can be bothered with, hey, dude, okay, here's my idea. What if we just buy a bunch of shit and Mr. resell? Parole here is a fucking text manager real quick. All right. Anyway, so you heard it here first today, folks. This is Cam DeWald's biographical biopic that you can listen to. We delved into Cam. There will be more episodes like this. Once we get later into our career where we're all like Vince and Neil bloated and we start talking about making the uh, feature film. Yes. Young actors as us. This is – They'll have to use this as a reference. Yes. In fact – I've thought about a feature film with us. I would hope to fuck that we could We should just make our own film but playing us as like young and then old like current. I've and This was Yeah. This is a podcast or this was a bit I wrote down or talked to with someone. Uh I I was it you? I talked to someone about if there was a way that us five could go either back in time or forward in time and then play a show with a different version of a this different line. version of I us. I think we talked about if I went to like prison and then if I came back like 15 years later and, and I like was a thought I'd be in the back in the band even though I hadn't practiced in 15 yeah. years. <laughs> and then like 
just through uh, seniority, I get back in, in like world tour, and then it's just dog shit bass <laughs> playing. Just like hasn't played bass. It's like you guys have like six albums out. And yeah, I've like still like yeah. So inner supremacy, right? But see, that's a good. That's a good fucking. We should use that in the video where we play a show with younger versions of ourselves and see like what would happen. Because like, what if we played with younger Gorgtron and we and we destroyed ourselves? We'd be talking shit like, yeah, fuck you, younger me. Like, well, like. Like, I, fuck you, younger Cam. Because, like, you and I would be giving shit to younger Cam. Yeah. Like, fuck you, dude. Check that out. Well, I will say I recently came out of BMX retirement. And I've been riding, like, every day almost for about a week or so now. And the first day I was like, I can do all the same tricks. And I could barely <laughs> even, like, do a pro hop. Oh, shit, dude. And actually today on my lunch break I went riding and I, I did a line. Not of drugs, but... A line <laughs> in the BMX and skateboarding. <laughs> God damn it. Today at lunch. Yeah. yeah, BMX. Now I went down to the skate park, and a line is where you set up like a set of tricks throughout the whole park, and it's just a consistent flow. And I got there, and about 15 minutes into it, I was like nailing everything, except at the end of it, I was end capping it with a 360 out of the bowl onto flat, and I couldn't do it. And <laughs> I was, I kept bitching out. I'd get like. 180, 230 degrees around, and then I would just, like, I still had a lot of air bef- in between me and the floor, and I would just be like, mm, I can't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but younger me would have been like, dude, were you pussy? Like, And then I would yeah. do it while, like, staring at you the whole time. Mm. So what if younger us could kick our ass as older See, there us? There you go. I don't know. That's the question. The, the thing I'm thinking yourself. about now is older Matt talking to younger Matt. And that conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, I started doing that. Yeah. Well, that, I that started doing it. Like, well, yeah, I. To, they're both but, trying to tell each other when they started yeah, doing something. No. As if they're not no. the same person. Yeah, they'd be like, no, we did that it earlier. Would they acknowledge that they're the same person or they just keep trying to outdo one another? Right, right. They'd be like, no, see, remember that one time where, see, I was, Whoa. okay, I was with this one chick and then I started doing heel toe and then the other would be like, no, kid. No, no, kid, kid. No, that's not. Fucking, that'd be rad. That'd be pretty sick. What if young Matt and old Matt, because they're obviously still going to be partying the same, yeah. partied together, and then you had two dudes like, oh, dude. <laughs> you know, because every time, every time they'd f- like put something else on YouTube, you know, they'd be like, oh, my God. What if the other one came, yeah, right, came equipped with another TV, so both ends of the <laughs> room. <laughs> And they're both like, ah, oh, dude. There's, there's like seven empty bottles of tequila. <laughs> oh man, this is Sick. great. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna end this podcast now because I have to pee. Yeah, I have to fucking piss. We should reset and I gotta do, do another one or whatever because it's only eight o'clock. All See right. you guys later. See ya. All right, thanks for listening. That was podcast number whatever that was. Seriously, let us know on what name we should take. That's all on you. If one of you answers, that's the name. If ten of you answer, that's the name. All right? Um, Our third single, uh, Instrumentable, just came out. If you want to check them out, we're on Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Tittle, whatever it's called. 18 other streaming platforms, uh, all four singles, but right now there's three out, have music videos. So go check those out. Share the fuck out of our stuff. Like, 
Everyone's sharing shit. We're getting all these fucking interviews because people are seeing our shit, and it's fucking awesome. And we thank you guys. Seriously. Um, what else? We have coffee. If you like coffee and you need to get through your work day, get some Gorgatron Jelly Donut Coffee. Located at gorgatronband.com slash merch. Um, also, shout out, seriously, to your split. Liz, you're a saint. Uh, Mark, our manager with EMG. Bryce and everybody over at Blood Blast. Andrea uh, at Ashley Talent. You guys all fucking kick ass. And uh, uh, we didn't expect to have the kind of reception we've been having so far. And that only continues also with all of you that share our stuff. Another thing that would be cool if you could do, and it sucks because it means you have to go to work right now, is go on to Facebook. Go to our page. Go to where it says Community and click the invite button. Then select all and annoy every single person on your friends list with the name Gorgatron. Do that and I will give you a firm handshake and a hello in the near future. Until then, fuck right off. Yeah.